Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's 25 August, 2019. You know what? This is the last time that we meet in August. Next time we meet next week, it's going to be September. And it seems like August, it seems like July just started. I mean, August is done. It's unbelievable how quick the uh, summer has gone. And I was saying at Mission Work yesterday because it was 897 degrees out there and 100% humidity. And I said, we're going to have an early winter this year. September, it's going to cool down. It's going to be 70 degrees. I'm dreaming, of course, but it would be nice. Uh, let's see here. Before we get into anything, uh, Joyce, a lady that attends online, said, and I don't know if she's right about this, but she said YouTube is going after your shows now. I missed most of the Bible study today because they not only removed my alert for you, but also unsubscribed to me. Um, we had a change. YouTube changed our user ID or something without telling us. And so if you watch the updates or if you watch the Bible studies or the sermons and you want to continue to do that, you might need to resubscribe with YouTube and push whatever the notification button is. You know, I don't know how you do all that stuff, but you might want to do that or at least check it. And the reason why is because they did change something and people were completely taken off of the automatic update list, which is something they've been doing, you know, every Thursday night, they're there right away clicking on and they couldn't do it. So we've had some problems and uh, I think they're resolved. But um, one other thing before I get into the uh, actual first category is, you know, I always thank people when they send me a bandana because it's very kind. They do that. But somebody sent me eight dog bandanas because I have eight dogs. And so I want to thank Marcy for that because that's pretty wonderful. That's a, that's, so I will see. I don't know if I can line up eight dogs and get the bandanas on them and get a photo. But if I can, I will do it. So we'll see. I mean, it's, it's hard to keep two of those dogs in control at any one time. But... Thank you very much for that, Marcy. Um, our first category, as always, is Israel. And let's see here from Ynet. Israeli company developing suicide drone to take out enemy UAVs. They're always thinking up new stuff. How can we bomb somebody better? And then you have to think of a way of taking care of that. Well, while the IDF has not yet come up with its own proven operational response to enemy drones, a subsidiary of IAI, which is Israel Aerospace Industries, ELTA Systems, has already sold 100 drone guard systems to a number of foreign defense agencies. The system detects and brings down drones using frequency blocking and electronic warfare. But a new upgrade set to be introduced in the coming months involves a suicide drone called the bird that brings down enemy UAVs by identifying their flight path and flying into them. The new system independently identifies a single drone or a group upon takeoff, can classify them by type and even predict the flight path, and the system uses not only radar, but also a combo of optical tools that help to differentiate between the drone and other craft in the air. Should the enemy attempt to deceive the system with balloons, kites, and even rounds of bullets? 
ELTA has also developed an innovative capability to steal a drone, which has not yet been fully operationalized. The system offers other options that are already optional and have proven themselves. These include using blocking frequencies or firing on the enemy drone from the ground with a special sight on a rifle that tracks and locks onto the drone in the air and then opening fire on it. The key challenge in combating the drone threat is identification. Therefore, the new system provides a 360-degree coverage. So great stuff with the drone world. Israel is right at the forefront of that. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see where they're going to go with some of those things that uh, they were actually talking about, some of the further innovations that are being worked on, because it's just an interesting field. Uh, excuse me, from Zero Hedge, U.S. Army Inc.'s deal. We talked about this a couple months ago, and they, in fact, did it. The U.S. Army Inc.'s a deal for Israel's Iron Dome in Historical First. A landmark deal for U.S. procurement of Israel's Iron Dome anti-air missile defense systems was finalized. The DOD announced it had formally signed a contract for two complete Iron Drone systems, co-developed by Raytheon and Israel defense firm Raphael. The system has been touted by Israeli leaders as the most advanced short to mid-range interceptor in the world, with a proven track record given that even within the past year, it's been engaged in dozens, if not hundreds, of Hamas rocket intercepts from Gaza. From a U.S. perspective, the Iron Dome represents an interim solution to close some existing gaps in the Army's anti-air capabilities, as well as experiment with integration with other systems. The Army was shifting around its pots of funding within its Indirect Fires Protection Capability Program under development to defend against rockets, artillery, and mortars, as well as unmanned aircraft and cruise missiles to fill its urgent capability gap for cruise missile defense on an interim basis. Congress mandated the Army deploy two batteries by fiscal year 2020. This week's announcement marks the first time Israel has ever sold a standalone weapon system to the United States. That's what's really good about this. Tel Aviv has recently cited the Iron Dome achieving an 86% shootdown rate when in May about 700 rockets were launched from the Gaza Strip over a period of a few days in the most recent major flare-up of hostilities. So there you go. They have an 86% success rate with this with I mean, multiple rockets coming in, and it is the first time that they, you know, we're always selling stuff to them or to the rest of the world. It's rare for the United States military to buy other countries' stuff, and this is the first time we've done it from Israel. It shows how superior this defense system is. From the Times of Israel, Netanyahu hints Israel behind strikes on Iraq, says Iran not immune anywhere. Prime Minister Netanyahu hinted, and this has been going back and forth all week long on this issue, that Israel was behind recent airstrikes on Iranian targets in Iraq, stressing that the Jewish state will continue to act militarily wherever and whenever there is a need to do so. Iran has no immunity anywhere, they say. The Iranians continue to threaten Israel with annihilation and are building military bases across the Middle East intended to carry out that goal. Netanyahu said blaming the 2015 nuclear deal for Iran's increasing aggression. Of course it is because that's what our previous president wanted to happen. He says we will act and currently are acting against them wherever it is necessary. Last week, a former Iraqi deputy prime minister indicated Israel was responsive for a massive explosion in weapons depot controlled by an Iranian-backed Shiite militia in Baghdad. 
We believe they are weapons we were holding on to for a neighboring state, and they were targeted by an oppressive colonial state on the basis of a treasonous Iraqi act. So, I watched the video of that munitions depot getting blown up, and there were secondary explosions going off for like 10 minutes. Pew! And they'd fly off in one direction or another. It was very cool. So, it was a, a munitions depot, it was Iranian. There's still speculation. People are saying it was U.S. People are saying it was Israel, you know. And they do this so that nobody can really take one uh, side against Israel in particular because if Israel is doing that and they can confirm it, then they can get the Arabs all worked up and everything. So it's just kind of interesting what's going on. That'll develop more in the week ahead. I am absolutely certain of it. Now, before I get into our next category, which is the Christian category, I decided usually I introduce people at the beginning of a prophecy update. But this week, I decided to introduce some visitors. Uh, two of them have been here before, but it's um, Ron and Shannon Barra, okay? They've been here before. They come from California. But this time, they brought their son and their daughter-in-law and their grandson here. And the reason why I want to bring this up before the Christian news today is because they've asked me to do a baby dedication here at the Superior Word today. And so I thought, what an honor. So we'll do that after the prophecy update, before the sermon. And it's not like doing a baptism. A baptism is something you do after you have professed faith in Christ. It is mandated by the Lord. It is not something as hyper-dispensationalists wrongly say only applies to the Jews, okay? That is wrong. That is an error in theology, and hyper-dispensationalism, I'll say it again, is a heresy. Calvinism is just bad doctrine, and people get all over Calvinists. Hyper-dispensationalism is a heresy because it proclaims two Gospels, okay? Christ died and was resurrected one time, and that message is the same for Jew and for Gentile. So, having said that, um, a baby dedication is the parent saying, we are dedicating our child to the Lord. And it's actually a commitment for them more than it is for the child. So, there you go with that. We're going to be doing that. And that is uh, Thomas and Micah and their son, Solomon. You can see the Christian names fill the entire family there, which is very wonderful. So I thank you for the honor, and uh, we'll do that here in a little while. Uh, from Christian News today, uh, Dave, somebody emailed, I did an article on the guy that wrote for Hillsong last week, and as I said, they have very shallow theology. Okay, it's shallow theology in, is bad doctrine out. That's just the way it goes, but he had something very funny that he said, Hillsong's music is not sound. There you go. Everybody got it. It took a second, but I just thought that was kind of cute, so I thought I'd throw that in there for you. From the Star Tribune, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America becomes nation's first sanctuary denomination. I mean, they're already lefties up there, but they have really gone over the deep end. The ELCA, the largest Protestant denomination in Minnesota, has become the first North American denomination to declare itself a sanctuary church committed to supporting and sheltering migrants entering the country. The ELCA announced its decision last week at a triannual assembly in Milwaukee, where leaders are also participating in a march and prayer vigil at the local ICE office. Let's just shove it back in the ICE's face, right? These people are just... Anyway, while individual churches for many faith traditions already are supporting refugees on the southern border and in their communities, this is the first time a denomination has urged its members to engage in actions ranging from providing living spaces for migrants to supporting them in immigration courts. 
So they are actively working against the duly established government in violation of Scripture. But pretty much everything else they do is in violation of Scripture as well. So nothing you can do about it. They some heavy-duty collection trays. Yeah, heavy-duty collection trays. That's right. So they can support all those immigration issues. Yeah. From Reuters, Trump spares Bibles, but not rosaries from Chinese tariff lists. Good job, Trump. In a move likely to appeal to his Christian supporters, President Trump's admin has permanently spared Bibles printed in China from his tariff plans. The USTR's office said that Bibles were among about 25 products that were removed from the 10% tariffs due to take effect on September 1st and December 15th. Other products removed included child safety seats, cranes used in ports and construction, shipping containers, and certain types of fish. But rosaries and other personal religious items that are imported from China will still be hit by a 10% tariff on September 1st. So go buy your rosaries now, kids, right? According to a USTR tariff list. Around 60% of these imported religious items come from China about $11 million worth last year. In May, Bibles and other religious texts printed in China, which totaled $91.7 million, or 65% of the total 2018 U.S. imports in the category, were placed on a list of items for tariffs of up to 25% as a part of a broader $794 million category of printed books, brochures, and leaflets. The so-called Bible tax would hinder churches and other religious organizations in their mission to spread the word of God. Trump said that he would delay the 10% tariff on cell phones, laptops, and other consumer goods until December 15, just in case the duty would have an impact on consumer spending during the Christmas season. So he's working with the American public to some extent, but I've read commentary after commentary from the left of how bad he's doing, and I've heard uh, read analysis after analysis by people that know what's going on, and they say that he is the first president to stand up to the Chinese. All of the other presidents said they were going to. They didn't do it. They kowtowed to him. And whether it works out or whether it doesn't, at least he is doing what is right. He's doing the right thing because the Chinese have taken advantage of this nation in importing goods for years and years and years. If it hurts people in the process, we're just going to have to buckle down, and that's the way it is. But he's doing the right thing, and he is exempting Bibles. $794 million worth of printed books, brochures, and leaflets, and he's only exempting $91.7 million of that for Bibles. I like the guy. I like what he does. I like his decisions. From Christian Headlines, Methodist University in Virginia hires Muslim chaplain. Yes, Methodist school Shenandoah University has hired Hana Unus, a Muslim chaplain, to support their students' religious needs. Shenandoah is open to people of all faiths or no faith, exploring their belief system and being leaders in this world for the greater good. Hana provides the opportunity to be what we always say we value. And that's a place that cherishes religious diversity. So why call yourself a Methodist university if you cherish religious diversity? The school has asked Unis to work with all students, regardless of their religion, to address their spiritual needs. She's the first clergy person in the school's nearly 150-year history to not identify as a Christian. 
The university also hopes she can draw in more Muslim high school students. Ooh, ah. In an article for the Christian Post, Mark Tooley, president of the Institute on Religion and Democracy, fired several questions towards the school. The school's news release explaining about hiring Muslim chaplains, we've always wanted to be more inclusive and more diversive. But how diversive are they really? Shenandoah University's Office of Spiritual Life includes a cleric from The Church Within a Church, an LGBTQ advocacy group. There are six listed staffers in Shenandoah's Office of Spiritual Life. Are any not progressive, he asks? Do any defend United Methodism's and Historic Christianity's definition of marriage? Does diversity include traditionalists, or does diversity mean only progressives are truly welcome? When they said that it's 150 years of everybody proclaiming to be Christians, it's very few Christians that are in that church right now, if any, or I'm sorry, that uh, university. They are Christians by name only, and this guy is calling them out on this. Traditional Methodists believe changemakers preach Christ and seek a society rumored through the gospel. But judging from at least its website and social media, Shenandoah's chaplains have a vision of social change that's closer to contemporary secular progressivism, which is exactly what it is. It's by Christian name only. They probably get all kinds of tax breaks and all that for it, but they're just as dirty as they can be. I would never send somebody or recommend somebody to go to that university. Um... I have a quote here from Pastor Bernie Sanders, just in case you want to know what he believes. He says, the Bible, if it is anything, is about justice. Sanders stated at one point during his 20 minutes on stage, it's about reaching out to people in need. It is about standing up to the wealthy and the powerful. So there you go, Pastor Bernie Sanders on his ideas about the Bible. From Islam today, from Tasneem News, Iran Russia Turkey trilateral summit due in Ankara next month. This will be the fifth one of these. You can see how those three nations, all mentioned in Ezekiel 38, are really coming together. The fifth trilateral summit of the three, which are guarantor states for Syrian peace, which obviously isn't working, is slated to be held in the Turkish capital of Ankara on September 11th. I wonder if they picked that day just randomly or September 11th. Uh, let's see here. The latest developments in Syria's Idlib, Manbij, and the East Euphrates are among topics due to be discussed at the summit. The U.S.-Turkish agreement on the creation of a safe zone in northern Syria, the political situation in Syria, the process of creating a new constitution, and humanitarian aid in recent months will also be raised in the meeting. On the sidelines of the summit, bilateral meetings will also take place between the Russian, Turkish, and Iranian presidents. Good morning, Mrs. Garrett. How are you today? <laughs> the sixth summit of the three countries on Syria is planned to be held in the Iranian capital of Tehran. Did you see the first thing she did was look at that beautiful baby back there? That is, that's my mom. She loves babies. From Zero Hedge. U.S. joins secret talks between Israel and UAE targeting Iran. Secret talks have been ongoing between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. We mentioned that before, but they are ongoing talks. Amazingly, because you would never expect that, they don't even recognize Israel's right to exist, and yet they have been meeting, talking about Iran. It shows you the wedge that is happening in the Middle East right now. It's, um, they're ongoing uh, between Israel and the UAE, focused on sharing intelligence against Iran and possibly military cooperation. Imagine that. The talks have progressed to the point that the U.S. is now joining the talks, too. Israel and the UAE have some security ties, but don't have public relations. 
that they're discussing, Iran reflects Israel's longstanding hostility toward Iran and the UAE's close proximity to Iran. While some are presenting the U.S. joining of the talks as proof they are making progress, a lot isn't understood about what's going on, and especially unclear is what the UAE is trying to work out. The UAE seems to be trying to balance multiple interests as they've tried to talk to Iran about maritime security in recent days and seem not to be looking to pick fights with them. That's in stark contrast to Israel, for whom picking fights with Iran is the centerpiece of decades of foreign policy. Actually, I would say it's the opposite. They respond to Iran picking on them, but either way, it's kind of a tit-for-tat with that. It's clear that the UAE has an interest in keeping the U.S. happy, and that probably requires keeping Israel at least sort of placated in this regard. So while they aren't trying to stop anything against Iran, they're trying to walk the tightrope of balancing both sides to keep everyone satisfied. That's very interesting what's going on over there. From Zero Hedge, Austria. Muslim taxi drivers refuse to transport guide dogs for the blind. If you're a blind person, you got a guide dog, don't bother over there. Muslim taxi drivers in Austria are refusing to transport blind people with guide dogs because dogs are seen as being unclean in Islamic culture. Another reason to not like the religion. Anybody that can't like a dog is... Hello. A former board member of the Association for the Blind, who is totally blind herself, ordered a taxi to drop her off at the Innsbruck airport. However, when the taxi arrived, the driver refused to take her dog. Taxi operators... Eberl and Flecker apologize for the incident, but stress that they only mediate calls and do not own the taxis. Well, they shouldn't give calls to anybody that doesn't pick up people that they're supposed to pick up. We try to make it clear to the drivers again and again that this is not the case for us and that these trips have to be carried out exactly like any other job. Unfortunately, at the moment, we are not in a position to solve this problem satisfactorily. Yes, you just don't give them jobs at all, ever. Kick them out of Austria, that's right. Adding that drivers had to be told again and again about the rules. 80% of drivers now have a migrant background, 80% of them. And Muslims traditionally offer, often regard dogs as impure. Local laws state the drivers must accept guide dogs for the blind, although many of them simply seem to be ignoring this mandate. So there you go with that. I got a bunch of little chihuahua pictures of guide dog chihuahuas for that update, so the people online will enjoy that. From the Times of Israel, Fakistinian Authority Police, this is a real conundrum for the lefties. I got to tell you what, the lefties are always siding with the Fakistinians and blah, 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 but then how do they handle this one? Fakistinian Authority Police ban Fakistinian LGBT group from holding activities in the West Bank. Yes, the FA police have banned a Fakistinian LGBT rights group from organizing any activities in the West Bank and threatened to arrest them, saying such activities are contrary to the values of the Fakistinian society. Oh, a dilemma for the left. Let's see here. Um, Yahoo! Iranians struggle with U.S. sanctions as currency hits all-time low. That has been month after month that has repeated and they are struggling, and it's because our president is willing to make a stand on this issue. Very happy for him. The next one, it's sad, but it is ironic, okay? So I'm not trying to say this was a good thing. Please don't email me and say, you. 
I'm just saying. It's ironic and it's uh, uh, Islamic irony. Zero Hedge, Muslim cleric killed after cow he was trying to ritually slaughter fights back. There you go. Little irony there. Mongolia, Xinhua, China, Mongolia kickoff culture week. A cultural week between China and Mongolia began Sunday, last Sunday in Urad, middle banner in the city of I can't pronounce it, northern China's inner Mongolia autonomous region. So Mongolia and China are meeting in this inner Mongolia region. According to the organizer, the event has attracted thousands of Chinese and Mongolian tourists with Mongolian dance performances and traditional ritual activities presented during the opening ceremony. A stone exhibition with more than 1,000 pieces of jade and exotic stones from the two countries will also be held during the seven-day event. Cool stuff. Daniel 12 Technology, new atlas. You know, this is technology that we're finding out about. It's actually technology that shows the, the marvel of what God has done in the human body. Now think of this when I'm reading this to you. More genes in the human microbiome than stars in the observable universe. And that means everything we can see with the Hubble, trillions of stars, a team of U.S. scientists is embarking on an immense project to catalog all the genes in the collective human microbiome. In the team's first published study, an astounding 46 million genes have been chronicled from just 3,500 human microbiome samples. Half of those genes are unique to single human samples. They've found something that is unique only to one sample in one human in all of the universe. Okay, astronomers suggest there may be about one billion trillion stars in the observable universe. Trying to fathom a universe that mind-bendingly large is virtually impossible. And now, a new study is suggesting the human microbiome is operating on similar levels of complexity, but on a vastly smaller scale. The research from Harvard Medical School and the Joslin Diabetes Center suggests the bacteria living inside of us may collectively contain more novel genes than there are stars in the observable universe. We know inside every human body lives trillions of bacteria. Many estimates have found there to be more bacterial cells than human cells in a body, up to 10 times more, in fact. So you have this many cells in your body, you have 10 times as many microorganisms living inside of you that are working with your body in order to make things work. Okay, that's what they're telling us there. While the gut microbiome comprises the largest volume of microbial residents in a human body, there are a variety of other specific communities of bacteria to be found, including oral, skin, and lung microbiomes. Perhaps one of the most exciting areas of research in the 21st century is our growing understanding of the influence of these microbes and what they have on overall health. We are discovering how deeply symbiotic, that means working together, folks, the relationship is between our general health and these bacterial influencers. However, the majority of research to date has just focused on links between certain bacterial species and disease. Even more striking was the finding that around 50% of all of the genes identified were unique to a single sample. 50% of everything that they find in a human being is unique to that one sample in that one human in all of the universe. If a microbe needs to become resistant to an antibiotic because of exposure to drugs or suddenly faces a new selective pressure, 
the singleton, that means that single thing, the genes may be the wellspring of genetic diversity the microbe can pull from to adapt. That is incredible if you think about it. You know, when Jesus was talking to the people of Israel and he says, look at Solomon and all of his splendor. He says, one of the flowers of the field, I know I'm misquoting this, but one of the flowers of the field is more beautifully arrayed than Solomon. Okay. Everything about that. We couldn't create diddly. We're playing with tinker toys and God has got something that is so marvelous and so fantastic. And I've had people say to me, one of my old bosses said, I just can't believe in God because they looked out into the universe and they now know how big it is. Before they thought it was just an earth with a couple stars poked in the sky, right? He said, I just can't believe. If you take the opposite and you say, we've got as much or more in one human body than all of the universe, it puts it back into perspective. It's its own little universe of things going on. And it's only the size of a human. If God can do that, why can't he do it with the whole universe, right? God is incredible. Never underestimate what he has done and what he has in store for the people, the redeemed of the Lord. When we go to be with the Lord and you think, how are we going to be satisfied for all eternity? How is that possible? We're going to be amazed forever and forever and forever. And we will never get tired of learning from the wisdom of God. I might as well stop right there and say, you know what? We're talking about this wonderful thing that God has created, which is the human being, right? That human being is going to go to only one of two places. It's either going, when it, I'm not talking about the physical, we're all going into the grave unless the Lord comes first. I'm talking about your eternal soul. You're going to go to one of two places. You're either going to go to heaven or to hell. And there's only one way. We'll talk about that in our sermon today, I think. There's only one way to, or it might be another sermon I practice for next week. I get all these things mixed up in my head. But anyway, let me get back to what I was saying. There's only one way to be reconciled to God. The problem with us is sin. We have sin in our life. God is perfect. And he cannot fellowship with a being that has sin. It cannot happen. But he sent his son into the world to die for us, to take the place of our sin so that he could no longer impute sin to us and he would no longer look at the sin that we do have from before coming to Christ. He did everything for you and all you have to do is one simple thing, believe. He just asked you to say, I accept the premise that God loves me and you and all of us enough to send his son into the stream of humanity to take on the sin of the world to reconcile us to him. And people say God's an angry God, he's a hateful God, all of these things. They don't understand a thing about the love of God, which is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. It is beyond comprehension. So if you want this wonderful thing that you are right now, which is going to have an even better body someday, to stand in the presence of God, please call on Jesus Christ. <laughs> Revelation plagues today from The Guardian. Fears of public health emergency as drug deaths hit record level. Britain is facing a public health emergency as alarming figures for England and Wales show drug-related deaths have hit high record levels, prompting calls for damaging cuts to treatment services to be urgently reversed. The statistics for England and Wales, which show a 16% increase in deaths from drug poisoning in 2018, the highest annual leap since records began, Come weeks after figures revealed Scotland's drug-related death toll has also reached record levels. There's no hope there. You take Christ out of the nation and you have no hope left. Victims aged between 30 and 49 drove the surge in fatalities. Imagine that. These people have no hope. They have no joy in their lives. And so they're looking for something anywhere 
and they're going to drugs. They're going to anything to find relief from the, the tedium of life. Without Christ, nothing makes any sense. With Christ, everything makes sense. I wish these people would just go to an evangelistic crusade and listen and call on Christ and their lives would be put back into order instead of dying from, from drugs. Fox News, San Francisco saw 150% spike in fentanyl-related deaths last year. 150% spike. Once again, no hope out there. It's a liberal bastion. This is what happens. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, 89 deaths in the city were attributed to fentanyl overdoses, up from 37 deaths in 2017. By comparison, 70 people died from prescription opioid overdoses and 60 deaths were attributed to heroin overdoses. A preliminary report released in June attributed 57 deaths to fentanyl overdoses, but health officials told the Chronicle they had expected the figure to increase as the city medical examiner determined the cause of more deaths. So they're just lining them up and checking them out and the numbers are going up daily. Very sad. Mail online. Cannabis poisoning in children doubled after Massachusetts made medical marijuana legal. What do you expect? Laws legalizing medical marijuana went into effect in 2013 in Massachusetts. The number of calls for cannabis poisoning in kids 19 and under doubled afterwards, a University of Massachusetts Amherst study found. Cannabis still accounted for a small proportion of total poison calls for kids, Teenagers are using marijuana at about the same rate, but there are more poison control calls for them, suggesting they are surprised by the potency. There you go. That's let one open one little door and the floodgates open up and this is what happens. Once again, it's a liberal bastion and there's no hope there, so of course people are going to go to drugs for their their uh, enjoyment. Morality today. I call this entire section trumped. New York Post. Fed appeals Court allows Trump admins abortion referral ban to continue. Yes. yes, they did it once and now they've done it a second time. A Fed appeals court has declined once again. Planned Murderhood's request for an immediate halt to the new Trump admin rules barring clinics that accept federal funds from referring patients for abortions. More than 20 states in the AMA had joined Planned Murderhood in asking the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to block the controversial rule which prohibits tax-funded clinics from even discussing abortion with patients. In the Ninth Circuit Court, you know, they, they know that they have to approve this because it's just going to go up to the SCOTUS and they're going to continue their sorry record if they vote against it. So there you go. Trumped from NPR. Planned Murderhood withdraws from Title X program over Trump abortion rule. Good. Planned Murderhood is leaving the federal Title X family planning program rather than comply with a new Trump admin rule regarding abortion counseling. The new rules issued by the USDHHS earlier this year prohibit Title X grantees from providing or referring patients for abortion, except in cases of rape, incest, or medical emergency. This is based on the ruling that I just read you. Officials say that means patients are likely to see longer wait times or increased costs for reproductive health services, meaning murdering children. Planned Murderhood and other medical groups say the rule is unethical and interferes with the doctor-patient relationship. Nothing said about the child, but abortion rights opponents, meanwhile, have long argued for a complete separation between federal dollars and any organization involved in providing or facilitating abortions. Trumped again. From Christian Headlines, Trump, DOJ, 
transgender employees are not protected by Civil Rights Act of 1964. Good job, President. The Trump Justice Department is siding with a Christian-owned funeral home against a fired transgender employee in a major Supreme Court case that will determine whether federal law bans employment discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. The High Court will hear oral arguments October 8th to decide if Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which bars discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, and national origin, also bans discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. The Trump Justice Department, in a new brief, sides with R.G. and G.R. Harris Funeral Homes, a Michigan business which dismissed a biological male employee who came out as transgender female and began dressing like a woman. The funeral home's owner is a Christian who has a sex-specific dress code requiring male employees to wear suits and ties and female employees to wear skirts and business jackets, the brief notes. And so this guy wanted to push the funeral home's buttons. He's a guy. He starts wearing a dress, and they said, you're out of here. And Trump DOJ sided with them. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm just happy. Trump has done his job. He's been very faithful about this, and he's making right decisions for the people of the United States of America. Yeah. Our other category, from Government UK. This is the UK government, right on their website. Brexit Secretary signs order to scrap 1972 Brussels Act, ending all EU law in the United Kingdom. Secretary of State for exiting the EU, Stephen Barclay. The 1972 Act is the vehicle that sees regulations flow into UK law directly from the EU's lawmaking bodies in Brussels. The announcement of the Act's repeal marks a historic step in returning lawmaking powers from Brussels to the United Kingdom. We are taking back control of our laws as the public voted for in 2016. The repeal of the European Communities Act 1972 will take effect when Britain formally leaves the EU on October 31st, coming yep. soon to a yep. day near you. This is a clear signal to the people of this country that there is no turning back. We are leaving the EU as promised on October 31st. I haven't been this excited about a national issue outside of reading the US Constitution. I am just elated over this. Whatever the circumstances, delivering on the instructions given to us in 2016, the votes of 17.4 million people deciding to leave the EU is the greatest democratic mandate ever given to any UK government. Politicians cannot choose which public votes they wish to respect. Parliament has already voted to leave on 31 October. The signing of this legislation ensures that the EU Withdrawal Act will repeal the European Communities Act 1972 on exit day. I am so happy. My hair is standing up all over my arms about that. I wish that our lefties in this nation would do what this guy is saying. He's saying we can't choose which laws we're going to you know, support and which ones we aren't. We're living with Democrats in this country that will not enforce the laws of the United States of America. And I'm talking about valid laws that are constitutionally acceptable. They will not enforce them. I don't understand anybody that would ever vote for Democrat or think that a Democrat has any relationship with the God of the Bible, the Christian God of the Bible. I cannot see it. I just don't. I, it makes no sense at all. From Reuters, UK plans to end EU freedom of movement immediately in a no-deal Brexit. Good. 
Britain said it would end EU freedom of movement. That means they can travel back and forth freely, right? Okay, that's what that's talking about. EU freedom of movement rules immediately after it leaves the bloc on October 31st. But Prime Minister Johnson said the country would not be hostile to immigration. Johnson has promised to take Britain out of the EU with or without a deal on October 31st. Freedom of movement as it currently stands will end on 31 October when the UK leaves the EU. And after Brexit, the government will introduce a new, fairer immigration system that prioritizes skills and what people can contribute to the United Kingdom rather than where they come from. You know what that's talking about. What we're going to do is leave the United, I'm sorry, the European Union, and that means that legally all those powers revert to the United Kingdom. That does not mean that we are going to stop anybody coming into this country. It doesn't mean that we are going to become remotely hostile to immigration or to immigrants, Johnson told BBC Radio Cornwall. What it does mean is that immigration into the United Kingdom will be democratically controlled and we will be producing an Australian-style points-based system to do it. That's right. You've got a job. You make this much money. You've got a bank account. You own a car. You're college-educated, whatever. Here's your point. Here's your point. Here's your point. Okay, come on in. Zero Hedge. How many... How many websites are there? Oh, my gosh. How many, stars? How many stars are in the sky, he asked. Well, it's not that many. But the reason why I brought this up is because something happened on 6 August of 1991. We're just ending the month of August, and I thought I'd throw this article in. What happened on 6 August of 1991? First website. British physicist Tim Berners-Lee at CERN in Switzerland published the first ever website, as Vixo brilliantly noted, the World Wide Web, or W3. By the end of 1992, there were 10 websites online. And after CERN made the W3 technology publicly available on a royalty-free basis in 1993, the internet gradually started to grow into the all-encompassing giant that it is today. By 1994, there were close to 3,000 sites, one of which was fledgling Yahoo, which originally called Jerry and Dave's Guide to the World Wide Web started its online life as a web directory. By the time Google came onto the scene, there were over two million. At Statista's infographic shows today, there are 1.71 billion websites. There's your web history for the day. Isn't that amazing? We're one of them. Actually, out of this church, we got about four of them because I got wonderfulone.com. I got the superiorword.org. I got, uh, I don't know, there's other ones out there. But anyway, yeah, uh, yes, I tell you, the Superior Word website is really hard to navigate nowadays because we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. We've got every single video ever uploaded. We've got every uh, uh, sermon on or prophecy update sermon on podcast. And then every day for years, I've been doing a commentary on a single verse of the Bible, right? We started with Romans 1.1. Unfortunately, I didn't save it the first time, and so I had to start again. And that's why we're not done the second time. But we're in the book of James right now, James chapter 4. If you want to join that, every single day on the Superior Word website, just go to Today and hover over it and draw it down, and you can read the commentary on every single verse in order of the book of James. Okay, It's the people that read this and that actually study it, and they make comments sometimes on the Superior Word website or on Facebook, if some of you do. 
they really are getting good theology. I'm not bragging about that myself because I read commentators going all the way back in Christian history. And I make an evaluation based on what is proper doctrine, what is right, and also with my own training. I mean, I'm not going to dismiss that, but then I type up a commentary. And then after that, I type up a uh, uh, life application for you. And then from there, I give you a prayer at the end. And so I would hope that if you're watching Prophecy Updates all day long, you'll take 10 minutes a day and read a Bible commentary on something that will actually change your life instead of tickling your ears. Okay? That's my plug for the superior word today. There we go. Zero hedge. Trump's silence. Everybody's mad at Trump for not saying anything about the North Koreans sending off a couple more missiles. They've done seven in the past week, right? And everybody's up in arms. He's, Trump is failing us. He's, he's blowing it. It's exactly the opposite. Trump's silence on North Korea missile tests leaves Kim with no leverage, the Wall Street Journal admits. Despite multiple provocative missile tests over the past month, with six in just three weeks, there's been little response from the White House. Though President Trump has lately come under fire for brushing off the test, says just short range and routine, a new Wall Street Journal report acknowledges. Diminished returns for a provocation the Kim regime has long deployed to coax a diplomatic reaction from the United States and its allies. The Trump admin's lack of response and consistent tolerance for the short-range launches amid Pyongyang's flurry of muscle flexing and photo ops, also certainly aimed at South Korea and Japan, has left the North without the desired leverage previously gained through such provocations. The Wall Street Journal report seems to further admit the unusual complete lack of response out of the White House shows a position of strength out of the administration. The shock value from the North's military flourishes seems to be lost on President Trump, the key figure in the cash-strapped country's campaign to shed economic sanctions, it states. This is in stark contrast to recent editorials and statements of defense officials claiming Trump has given Kim a free pass. He sends off a long one, I bet you Trump will respond. And these short little things, go ahead, push your buttons all day long. It's not going to affect us. Good job, President Trump. From CNBC, massive Arctic wildfires emitted more CO2 in June than Sweden does in an entire year. The fires up in the Arctic. And they go on every year. This happens every single year. When I went to Alaska to mine gold back in, it was about 1998, I spent a summer up there and I found two pounds of gold. Anyway, um, yeah, I got a little ooh over there. Um, yes, and I, I, one pound had to go to the claim owner. They took 50% of it. But anyway, that's okay. It was worth it. And uh, I worked underwater. It was very difficult, demanding work. But anyway, um, yeah, I used to dredge underwater and you, I, I won't get into it now because it'll take a while to explain, but it's a very interesting process. Um, but the Indians up there, what would they do every year? They'd light fires. Why? Because they get federal money to put out fires. That's right. And they, it was great to watch them because these fires would get very strong very quickly and they'd make their own systems. They'd start having lightning and rain would come down. It was amazing. But yeah, they lit them all over the place. And the problem with up in the Arctic is they've got tundra. And what will happen is you'll have a fire here. And it'll burn under the tundra and it'll come out 12 miles away. You'll have another fire pop up that somebody didn't start because it just burns underground sometimes for years at a time. But anyway, that's what's going on. They're trying to blame all this stuff. I got some reports. Maybe I'll talk about it next week on the Amazon, all the fires down there. Don't get excited. Don't be crazy about it, okay? Maybe I'll just tell you right now. 
Okay, two things. I'll tell you right now. We'll find something else to talk about. Nassau has come out and they have said that the Amazon fires this year are no different than any of the last 20 years. This is a political agenda by the left because he's a righty like Trump. Okay, that's all this is. And the second thing is there are more active fires in Africa right now than there are in the Amazon, and they're much larger. And nobody is saying a thing about that because they don't care about that. This is a political agenda. Don't get excited about all this lies coming out. The Amazon fires are what they are every single year. When I was in Malaysia, I lived there for three years, and every year the people on Sumatra, the Indonesians over there, would burn and would burn forests as far as the eye could see, and it was always smoggy in Malaysia. It was always smoggy for a couple months a year because you had to endure this weather, and that's what they do. But nobody says anything about that, so don't get excited about these. Be sure that you know that is the correct. Go check the articles yourself and then post it on Facebook so that these lefties will be shut down, okay? From uh, Les, Les and Kathy. I got a lesser. They gave me two and they were both very good and I was going to read them, but I got a little long today. I'm just going to read one. Tell me which article we're talking about here. Muslim cabbies in Austria say they won't pick up blind dogs by the way. They get cooties galore when they open the door for the fair and their four-legged prey. Good job. Okay, I got a couple ironies. Do as I say, not as I do. Thank you. From the Times of Israel, writer who said Israelis are lax about sex crimes accused of sexual assault. That's right. And from the Washington Post, ex-California state senator Leland Yee, gun control champion, Heading to prison for weapons trafficking. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.